Joseph Benavidez seemed destined to become a UFC champion. The fighter who fights out of Sacramento, California made a name for himself early on by becoming one of the best at 135. He was very close to becoming the WEC bantamweight champion, but unfortunately that never came into fruition. Regardless, once the WEC merged with the UFC, Joe remained as one of the best at 135. But his frame was more suited at 125 as he was usually the smaller fighter in these bantamweight matchups. So that's when the UFC created the flyweight division and had a four-man tournament to determine the inaugural champion. Although Joe was the favorite to win it all, he came up short in the finals. Despite this defeat, he remained as a top 125er for most of his career and was able to fight for the title three more times. But he came up short in all of his attempts to capture the belt. And now at the age of 37, he retired from the sport without winning any major titles. So how good was Joseph Benavidez actually? Hey guys, it's Keon and today I'm going to be talking about Joseph Benavidez. This video comes after he announced that he would be retiring from MMA. And it's a wild one for me because I was in attendance at UFC 152, which was a card where Joe was set to become the inaugural UFC flyweight champion. But of course, he lost that fight by split decision to Demetrius Johnson. And even though he remained as a top contender for years, he was never able to win the championship. So in this video, we will take a look at his MMA career to really understand how good he was. But first, shout out to the undisputed members of my Patreon. They get the extra perk of a shout out before each video. But even the intro members get early access and video to the Keon Kamara podcast. And as always, the money goes to charity. Now let's get to it. Joe began his MMA career on June 3rd, 2006 at the age of 21. Prior to his debut, he was a wrestler who became a state champion in New Mexico. To make his transition into MMA, he moved to California to train under Uriah Faber at Team Alpha Male. After finishing his first seven opponents, Joe fought Junior Cotto. Joe brought the fight down right away. And although Junior got back up to his feet, he got taken down again. This time, Joe locked up a guillotine that forced its tap. Following this win, he signed with the WEC and picked up two wins before fighting Dominic Cruz. Both men traded on the feet and although Joe found some success, most of his shots were avoided by Dom who returned with punches and kicks of his own. At one point, he had Joe hurt on the feet and looked close to finishing the fight. Dom also secured many takedowns throughout the three rounds. By the end, he won by unanimous decision, handing Joe his first defeat. He bounced back with a win against Ronnie Yaya before fighting former WEC bantamweight champion Miguel Torres. The two felt each other out on the feet for most of the fight, but Joe had the edge with takedowns. The second one in round two led to ground and pound that opened up a cut on Miguel's face. Joe went on to lock up a guillotine choke that forced a tap. This win led to a shot at the WEC Bantamweight Championship. His opponent was champion Dominic Cruz, making it their second meeting. Much like the first fight, Dom avoided most of the oncoming fire and landed the more significant shots. He also took Joe down many times. Although Joe found more success on the feet and on the ground this time around, Round, it still wasn't enough. By the end, Dom won by split decision. After this defeat, Joe picked up a win against Wagner Fabiano before the WEC merged with the UFC. He quickly racked up two decision wins against Ian Loveland and Eddie Wineland. Despite Joe's early success in the UFC as a bantamweight, everyone knew that he was a natural flyweight. And with the UFC announcing the addition of a 125 pound division, they put Joe in a four man tournament to determine the inaugural champion. In the semifinals, he fought Yasuhiro Urashitani. Joe dropped Yasuhiro with the right hand before throwing ground and pound that forced the ref to step in. Six months later, Joe fought in the finals for the inaugural flyweight championship. 
His opponent was Demetrius Johnson. This fight was very close as both men connected on the feet. Joe tried to bring the fight down but wasn't finding that much success. And although he landed some clean shots, Demetrius did well in evading many of them. But in round 4, he ate a right hand from Joe that dropped him for a moment. Demetrius survived but was now on the ground trying to defend a guillotine. And he did so successfully and got back up which led to him taking Joe down a few times. The final round saw Demetrius find more success with his wrestling and also doing well in avoiding the oncoming fire. And by the end, he won by split decision. Joe went on to defeat Ian McCall before fighting Darren Uyanoyama. Darren ate shots in round 2 and after getting hit to the body by a punch, he went down which forced referee Herb Dean to step in. 5 months later, Joe fought Juicier Formiga. Juicier got rocked by punches before getting dropped by a knee to the body. Joe threw more punches before referee Mario Yamasaki stepped in. This 3 fight win streak led to another shot at the title. So in December of 2013, Joe fought champion Demetrius Johnson, making it their second meeting. Joe was aggressive on the feet early in round 1, but Demetrius connected with a right hand that knocked him down. And after some more punches on the ground, referee Big John stepped in. At UFC 172, Joe fought Tim Elliott. Tim brought the fight down right away, but it was Joe who got on top and locked up a guillotine that forced the tap. He went on to win four fights in a row before fighting Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, Henry Cejudo. But before their fight, they coached the 24th season of The Ultimate Fighter, a season which saw them coach 16 flyweight champions from around the world. The cast included current UFC flyweight champion, Brandon Moreno, who was on Joe's team. After the season, Henry and Joe fought at the live finale. Despite the skills on the ground from both fighters, they decided to keep the action on the feet for the entire fight. And even though Joe was finding success, he also ate a bunch of shots. For the most part, Henry was the aggressor on the feet. But after a couple of low blows, he was deducted a point by the ref. And by the end, Joe won by split decision. Following this win, he lost to Sergio Pettis by split decision before fighting Alex Perez. Joe rushed in and managed to bring the fight down. This led to ground and pound that hurt Alex and although referee Eve Levine stepped in, he stepped back out to let the action continue. Joe went on to attempt a guillotine before throwing more punches that finally forced Eve to step in. He went on to defeat Dustin Ortiz for a second time before fighting Juicier Formiga for a second time. Although this rematch was longer, it was Joe who finished it once again, this time with a head kick and punches. This 3 fight win streak led to a shot at the vacant UFC flyweight championship. Joe's opponent was Davison Figueredo who missed weight and was ineligible to win the belt. Davison brought the fight down early and was close to locking up an armbar, but Joe was able to escape and bring the fight back up. Although he found some success on the feet, Davison was eating his best shots but still pressing forward. This continued into round 2 and after Joe ate a big right hand, he went down and ate more punches on the ground before referee Dan Mergliata stepped in. Despite this defeat, he received an immediate rematch since Davison missed weight before their first matchup. But this time, Davison made weight and looked good early by dropping Joe with a right hand. Hand. This led to some ground and pound before he locked up a rear naked choke, but Joe was able to escape and get back up. Then he got dropped again with another right hand from Davison and although he got back up, another right hand knocked him down once more. Joe then got his neck wrapped up in a rear naked choke that put him to sleep. At UFC 259, he fought former ACB flyweight champion, Askar Askarov. Despite missing weight, Askar controlled the action both on the feet and on the ground for the entire fight.
fight. After three rounds, he won by unanimous decision. Six months after this defeat, Joe announced his retirement from MMA. Although he never won a championship during his career, there is no doubt in his skills as a fighter. So after going 28 and 8, how good was Joseph Benavidez actually? Joe is for sure in my top 5 of greatest fighters to not become a UFC champion. Because for so long, he remained as one of the best fighters in his division. But when it came to the big fights, he wasn't able to get the job done. Which reminds me a lot of former UFC fighter, Kenny Florian. A fighter who was regarded as very good, but was never able to become champion. And who knows why Joe was never able to do it. Maybe he got cold feet when it came to championship fights, maybe he was unlucky, or maybe he was never destined to be a champion. Whatever it is, that doesn't take away how important Joe is to the flyweight division. Joe was regarded as a surging prospect by many early on in his career. Especially since he was fighting out of Team Alpha Male, who were so popular at the time, especially with the UFC introducing the featherweight and bantamweight divisions. And after two wins as a UFC bantamweight, many believed that Joe was one of the division's best. But when it came to fighting at bantamweight, he was almost always the smaller fighter. And even though he was able to make it far at 135, he was unable to get past the champion, Dominic Cruz. A fighter who Joe lost to twice by the time the WEC merged with the UFC. And with Dominic being promoted as the UFC's bantamweight champion, hopes for Joe fighting for the title were slim. And I think a lot of people in the MMA community realized this, not only for Joe, but also for Demetrius Johnson, who was unable to get past Dom. For both men, the reason was due to their size. They were smaller bantamweights, or better yet, natural flyweights. And even though the UFC had plans of starting a men's flyweight division once they began the featherweight and bantamweight divisions, I believe it was Joe's rising popularity that helped make the push. And I bet the UFC was hoping that Joe would become the inaugural champion. But even when Joe didn't win the belt on his first try, many still believed that he was bound to win it one day. Because a lot of his appeal came purely from his skills. He was a strong wrestler, much like his training partners at Team Alpha Male. Joe brought the fight down easily and did damage from above with ground and pound. But he was also skilled in locking up submissions, which was more apparent early on in his career. But it was later in his career when Joe really began to display his finishing power on the feet. He had the speed and power to put an end to fights. His output was high and also constant due to his impressive cardio. He constantly pressed forward and did well in mixing up his shots. Along with his strong ground game, Joe was a threat anywhere the fight went. He had all the tools to become a champion. Even if it wasn't at bantamweight, for sure it was going to happen at 125. But after 4 shots of the UFC flyweight championship, Joe was unable to capture the belt. And with 2 of those defeats being to Demetrius Johnson, who remained as the champion for a very long time, Joe basically cleaned the division out as he waited for someone else to hopefully win the belt. There was a point where people believed he should have got a third shot at the title despite going 0-2 to the champion. So when Demetrius lost the belt, there was finally some hope for Joe. And that hope grew even more when champion Henry Cejudo vacated the belt, which made Joe the number one candidate to fight for the vacant championship. Once again, he was in the same position that he was in back when he fought for the belt the first time. Joe was the favorite and many believed everything was set for him to become the champion. But the stars did not align and after his final two shots of the title, all hope was lost. And I believe a lot of this was due to Joe no longer being in his prime. The last time he had fought for the belt prior to his third attempt was seven years prior. And even though Joe was on a three fight win streak before his third shot at the title, it was his defeat against Sergio Pettis when I started to believe that he was on the decline. Because it showed that there was a new era of flyweights on the come up while Joe was slowly leaving his prime. Which was bad for when he fought for the belt against a young and hungry fighter and Davison Figueredo. In these two defeats, Joe's speed, strength, and overall aggressiveness was not enough. Because Davison ate 
made his best shots, yet still remained as the fresher fighter in both fights. And after the final nail in the coffin in the form of a defeat from Askar Askarov, Joe knew that at the age of 37, he was no longer going to be contending for the title. Which is why I respect him for retiring at this time. Because for his entire career, he fought to become the champion. And for years, he was so close to reaching the top. And even though he was never able to do it, he proved that he was an elite level fighter. Plus, he is a huge reason for the creation of the UFC flyweight division. That's why I would give his MMA career an 8.5 out of 10. He is one of two men to defeat Henry Cejudo. And there's no shame in him falling behind the likes of Demetrius Johnson and Dominic Cruz, who are both regarded as some of the greatest fighters of all time. If we were in a world where those two weren't around, there is no doubt that Joe would be a champion. And with the amount of years that he stayed winning, I believe he would have had a long title reign. But Joe's career is a great example of how sometimes, being a very skilled fighter can only take you so far in MMA. The timing was never right in Joe's career, whether he was fighting against a generational talent or going up against a hungry prospect. Things did not play out in his favor, but unlike most fighters who don't win the championship, Joseph Benavidez proved that he was championship caliber. My name is Keon and this is my take on Joseph Benavidez. Do you agree, disagree, or have something else to add? Please put in the comments down below, cause I love to read it. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to my channel for more content like this. But that's all out for now, so I'll see you in my next one.